things in the books. Some people are excited. Some people are upset. I'm just happy to be with Brian Westbrook in studio. I'm wearing the same shirt as last week. Yeah. You know why? Tell me why. Because I'm never going to abandon this team. But more importantly, Walmart, I mentioned it. They're going to be sponsoring all the shows this week. Mm-hmm. I got some fresh gear. I curated some. I, I literally went in there, man, and I was like, these are some good Eagle stuff. Ooh, Texans fans will like this. Ooh, Patriots fans will like this. Yeah. And I asked Walmart, walmart.com slash Bleacher Report, I need this one shirt for me personally, and they sent it to me. Yeah. Christian Okoye, Ooh. the Nigerian nightmare. Old school right there. I, I like old school. I mean, I love night. I gave you a Brian Westbrook shirt. I, know, I was keeping small. this one. Yeah, you gave me a small shirt. I gave it to my wife. It was for your child. Oh, my wife can wear it. It's hers now. It's her. Yeah, yeah, that's what happens. I took my son to a game yesterday. Actually, I took all the kids to a game, which I'm just, I have three kids. So I'm yes. just letting you know. Six, two, Sounds like you really months. paid attention to this. Yeah, it, it, was, <laughs> it was not an ideal yeah. situation. But my son. How old who, is he? He's two. Okay. I mean, he's sitting Paying attention. The only time that he listened to me all day long was when I was like, just watch the game. He's sitting on a high chair, watching the game, really? rooting, throwing popcorn like a crazy Philadelphia Eagles fan. I was proud of him. Did you see the Philadelphia fan um, that was interviewed and he was catching babies? He was yes, he was the fire. Babies, it was a fire. And he goes, he goes, we were catching babies, unlike Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> Good hands. Yeah. But here's the deal. I might be wearing this shirt. We may have just talked mm-hmm. about it. We're not talking about the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, some of you guys have DM'd me and been like, look, I don't want this to become an Eagles podcast. We'll talk about them when they fucking deserve it. They don't deserve they it don't. now. No. So you know what we're going to talk about? The fucking Giants. Ooh. Danny fucking Dimes, Daniel Jones, yeah. comes out, goes down 28 to 10, mm-hmm. and then turns into one of the most incredible second halves I've seen. It was the largest comeback for Giants history in 49 years, Brian Westbrook. Yeah, yeah. That, that defense, and he comes out there. The, my favorite story is that in the second quarter, right before he ran for a touchdown, he went into the huddle, and he looks at everybody, he goes, let's fucking score. Yeah. And no one on the team had heard him curse before. And they all went, what the hell? And he goes in and gets the touchdown. And it made me realize that I curse so much that I will never have a moment in my life never where I can, re- like, it makes me want to not curse for the next month. Yeah. So that in one podcast with you, I go, hey, Westbrook, I fucking agree with you. And you're like, whoa, but I'll never have that you moment. You sent me a text message like that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Like, let's, let's, let's just go. Let's yeah. do it. And that got me going. But yeah. you we didn't know that about, I curse too much. Nah, yeah, it cuts a little bit too much. But 18 points down, a comeback for Daniel Jones. That offense looked totally different. Most importantly, that offense didn't have their MVP. Saquon. Saquon. So he's out four to six weeks, high ankle sprain, this, that, and the yeah. other. The question, obviously, for Daniel Jones is can you do it without him repeatedly? But to come back from 18 down, uh, you picked a good team to play against, though. Yes. Tampa for Bay sure. is just not very good defensively, but he showed a couple things. And this is important for young quarterbacks. We see it with Lamar. We don't see it as much with Kyler. We think he has this ability, but he has the ability to affect the game. Obviously, Arm talent. Of course. But being able to move around in the pocket, being able to run a little bit, that changes a bunch of things. Daniel Jones showed me yesterday, because you always wonder when you hear about runners, does their speed translate to the NFL? Mm -hmm. Kyler, he finally started running yesterday. It's evident. Lamar, I mean, he broke so many ankles in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. It's evident. Daniel Jones' ability to beat a member of the Bucs secondary to the outside and score. That's right. Not even the one where he ran up right at the middle. But what did a, there were so many times where Eli would have gone down at just being touched by Eli somebody. wouldn't have ran. 
ever. That's the difference. Eli, you know, there are plays. Listen, this offensive line still was bad, right? Nate Solder allowed four sacks to Shaquille Barrett on the outside. Shaquille was, Barrett. Now he, Shaq Barrett was getting after it. He's getting been getting after it all season. Yes. So that, that, I mean, you kind of understand. But I, go, it, but, but I go, how many sacks would he have had if Eli was in? Maybe six. Twice as many? Maybe seven. Well, Eli, as soon as he sensed pressure, he crumbled. At least Jones is like, listen, I'm going to scramble. I'm going to use my legs. I'm going to extend the play. That changes your offensive line. And here's the other thing. And we talked about it last week just a bit. When you have guys that come in there, it it provides instant credibility. They saw what he did in the preseason. They're saying, you know what? We might not have been able to win with Eli. We can actually win with this guy. He can take us to the next level. So everybody rises up a little bit more. 18 points comeback. That's that's impressive for a rookie quarterback. it's weird to say this as an Eagles fan. I watched the game yesterday with a Giants fan, Denstead, who works here at Bleacher mm-hmm. Report, to watch the joy before the game, the excitement of going, we have a new era, to watch the joy in-game of him making throws to Sterling Shepard yep. and Evan Ingram yep. and going, this is a quarterback to build around. To see the defense where Zimenez is getting sacks at big times yep. and a rookie linebacker in Connolly getting an interception in the fourth quarter. To watch him go, this Giants fan, that if the Bucks make this field goal, it's okay no because we're going to build. It made me, oddly enough, as an Eagles fan, go, I am really happy for Giants fans right now because what they've gone through the last three years has has been very painful. Mm -hmm. They've been forced to watch the decline of somebody that they've adored for two decades. And if a guy gave me two Super Bowls, I would defend them, but eventually it weighs on you. I am I am legitimately and I can't believe I'm saying this happy for Giants fans because it's a, it's completely different. I look at the Giants season, it's completely turned around. Do I believe that he's going to win every game? Absolutely no, not. Of course not. They still went into a 28 to 10 hole cuz that defense is still abysmal right. and that offensive line is trash. But the future of the Giants is bright and Danny Dimes is dishing them out. There's two things that you like as a just an analyst as you watch the games. Two things that you want every team. Every every coach says this. How do you start games and how do you start the second half? First two possessions, they get 10 points. That just builds your confidence, yes. period. You're talking about an offense that was stagnant, couldn't move. With, with Eli yes. and you lose your best player, you, you get 10 points on the board, first two possessions. That's, that's going to be huge. Then you start the second half. Two, first two possessions, touchdown, touchdown. That's how you win football yes. games. That's how you instill confidence. And, of course, their last drive, they, they score a touchdown. These are things – these are building blocks. I mean, you talk about Daniel Jones. Listen, he had a lot of success in the preseason. You never know if it's going you to translate. You never know. You never know if it's going to translate. That's against third-teamers. Absolutely. Now you get into the regular season. As Pat Shermer, we, when you watch him in his press conference, he's saying – we know he could do it. He's he's excited now because the offense that he had between with Eli was this big. He couldn't do but small things with Eli. Certain things he just didn't want to do. He didn't have the leg, the arm talent as well as the leg talent. With Daniel Jones, you're kind of like Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes. Everything in my offense is wide open. I could do anything that I wanted to do, and he can throw the ball. He can make it work. The guys around him believe in him. It's huge. 75-yard touchdown to Evan Ingram, Mm -hmm. 46-yard pass to Darius Slayton, 36-yard pass to Sterling Shepard, 26-yard pass to Sterling Shepard, 21-yard pass to Darius Slayton. Those are five plays of 20 yards or more. Oh, yeah. Those are explosive plays. Changes things. 
I don't think Eli makes any of those. I haven't seen explosive plays from the Giants other than Saquon since Odell was on this team. Eli wasn't and willing Daniel to Daniel Jones throw the ball. gives it back to you. Eli doesn't throw the ball down the field. That's not his thing. He doesn't want to take chances. He doesn't want to throw the ball down the field. Daniel Jones makes them a defense, play their entire field. Yes. We talk about it with the speed receivers. They open the field up. You have a bunch of guys that can run on this team. Sterling Shepard can run. However, if he doesn't get the ball, the defense doesn't respect it. At least Daniel Jones is going to throw the ball deep and give his guys a chance. He makes the defense play totally different. They have to play the entire width and depth of the football field. This is like a totally different football team. And the good thing for them, next Sunday, 1 o'clock, they get the Washington Redskins coming to New York. That's huge. Huge. A defense that hasn't been very good. They don't defend the ball. They yeah. pass very well. This is a great, another great opportunity to provide confidence in this young quarterback. Jameis Winston and Mike Evans clearly connecting early. Yes. 190 yards, mm-hmm. three touchdowns. They focused on Janoris Jenkins. They took advantage He's of him. He's getting beat up all over the place. Here is my issue with Bruce Arians. Everyone right now is saying, I can't believe he took the delay of game and all that. And he came out and said it was on purpose. Reporters are coming out right now and saying it's So they can kick him longer because apparently it was better. Yeah, sure. Here's my issue with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Who I want to say, the defense for the Tampa Bay Bucks has looked pretty darn good overall. We see what the Niners are doing. They had a pick six on Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. and really stymied them. Mm-hmm. Second week, they kind of shut down Cam Newton. What, what they were doing in the first half was great, and they fell off a cliff. I think the Buccaneers still have really good pieces. Yep. But here's my issue. In the first quarter, your field goal kicker misses an extra point. In the first quarter, your field goal kicker has an extra point blocked. You throw it down to, guess who, Chris Godwin, to get down to the nine-yard line. You snap the ball at 34 seconds. You waited to spike it until 13. Yeah. Try to win the game. Mm -hmm. If I have a kicker who's already missed an extra point, which is around the same distance. Don't give him a chance. And I've already had a field goal blocked. And I have Mike Evans, who literally is one of like the four receivers in football that I could put it in a place where truly only he could get it. And he's having maybe the best game of his career. I don't care about delay of games. I don't care about field goals. Put it in the corner of the end zone and see if you can win it. Like what? Like I, I win the game. Why would you ever play for a tie? Why would you ever play for a situation where if you can win with a touchdown, do that? This is the Tampa Bay It doesn't Bay make Bucks. any sense. This is the same franchise that has been at nightmares for the last five years with field goal kickers, mm-hmm. where they drafted one in the second round and they can't find one. So after this game where you've let an 18-point lead slip away, let's rely on his leg. You're crazy. Why? Yeah, well, why would you do that? I, I think, you, you know, for a veteran coach. Because it's easy to blame a kicker. Well, that's, that that's can't be theory. the reason. You, you, I mean, you want to get closer and closer and closer, and you're saying, oh, this is automatic. But really, is it? He's already missed today. Yeah. He already has missed. Twice. So there's nothing automatic for him. I don't want to put the fate of my team that's battled back, and you put up some yeah. points to in the kicker's hands. I'm the coach. I want to put it in the guys I trust. Mike Evans, I trust him. Yes. I'll give him an opportunity Especially to get anybody. How he's been doing. Go get him a jump ball. In today's climate, where we're at in the NFL, a jump ball is a penalty. That's a catch. Yeah. It can be anything. Anything. Gets you up much, much closer. Terrible coaching job by Bruce Arians. And I'm surprised because I think he's a pretty good coach. Yeah, but he's also somebody that goes, I know exactly what I'm doing. Um, Barkley, to me, in a, in a weird way, Daniel Jones 
took the sacrifice of Saquon. Like we had to sacrifice Saquon to the football gods, but all we wanted to see was those two play together. Yes. That, that's what we, we talked get, about last and week. we got like a quarter of it. Yeah, we, we didn't see enough. I, I was asking myself the question, is it better for Daniel Jones now that Saquon is hurt? I mean, he's going to be without him for four to six weeks, and I've had a high ankle sprain, and they take a long time. What is, what is it about a high ankle sprain that takes so long? Well, it's your ligaments. They get weakened, so they get stretched out. Some of them get torn, and, and it's, almost, it's almost better to have a broken ankle because you break so the bone. I've, I've heard this so many times. Yes. But what like what does it feel like? Well, it feels like you can't you can't support yourself. Okay. You, you literally your ankle is something that you need, especially at the running back position. You want to make a cut to the right or left, you need your ankle. And did you get one in the middle of the season? Yeah. And so how long did it take you to come? It, back? it, it takes almost all season. Because you're using it every week, and you'll, it'll feel good on Wednesday. It'll hurt all day on Thursday. It'll feel good on Friday. So now you're talking about how do you get better every single week? How do you get better every single day? Because you can't practice like that. Mm. And so now you go into the game. And you may feel great in the, gra- the game, but now Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday, you're hurt for the next week. And so it's about your rehab. It's about getting back that next week. It's just hard to do it. And Saquon is one of these guys. He's a bigger guy, big legs. He's strong, but he likes to make a lot of cuts. He's going to need his angles at, at, at some point in this season. I just hope that he comes back four weeks later and saying, hey, I'm healthy, completely healthy. It's just hard to do with a high ankle sprain. I, I, you know what I say? Rest him. Our big concern about Saquon Barkley right. was by the time this team is ready to be a contender, he'd be hit out. Mm-hmm. Giants fans, you won the first game. What a coronation for Daniel Jones. It's beautiful. Guess what? If Saquon's supposed to be out four let him sit eight. What, what are we fighting for? You're not going to get past the right. Cowboys. There are too many teams in the NFC fighting for a wild card right. spot. Let's rest Saquon double and let him save hits this season that we can go longer with him and Daniel Jones. We do not need to rush him back. The for prob- what? Well, here's the problem. The problem with that is, yeah, that might have worked against the Buccaneers. And that may work against the Redskins next week. The question is, is that going to work against the better teams? But Brian West, Without a running game, without if, the best player on your if team. If the Giants finish this season 5-11 and 11 with Saquon. Absolutely. But 4-12 and 12 without him. Yeah. Who fucking cares? No. And it's not about who cares. It's about supporting your young quarterback. Sure. Putting weapons around your young quarterback. It's not about how many games you're going to win. They're still not going to be this above is how, 500. This is how I'd like to support Daniel Jones. If one guy has four sacks against Nate Solder, put a fucking tight end on that well, side. They should absolutely you know, think what? about that. that that's, that's a no-brainer. Have, have a running back chip him. How about Nate Solder steps up and blocks someone? How about that? Yeah. How about you say, hey, Nate, uh, just do that one job, that one thing that we brought you here from. You have Why don't young, you do that? You have young kids. You yeah. saw Little Mermaid? Yes, You know when Ursula, Too many times. Ursula steals the yeah. voice of Ariel uh-huh. so that she can go above ground? Yeah. What happens is, is when you play for the Patriots, Dante Scarnecchia Looks better. sucks out all. He mm-hmm. goes, he goes. I'm going to give you incredible Pro Bowl left tackle skills, but when you leave, you'll have nothing. And that's what happened in eight. Well, I'll tell you what. Putting a tight end over there, having to run it back, something. Chip. I mean, I, I remember we played games where, you know, we had guys, reserve guys playing, and I was like, hey, I'm just going to chip. Don, don't even think about throwing me the football. I'm going to help you be able to throw to someone else because if I don't, then guess what? You're going to get a sack. Yes. You have to do a better job of helping guys. And so, 
Yeah. If you were like me, you were going crazy at the end of Giants Bucks. Why? Because the Giants covered the plus six and a half. Plus, there you go. And you know what? I want to give a special shout out to <laughs> the third member of this. I would. I think we should all sit around and do one show together. Warren Sharp. I just. I'm getting hit up by so many of you right now. The Saints first half hit against the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to be giving you picks from mm-hmm. now on. I need that. Uh, Rams, Browns, first half under. Lions plus seven. Warren went five and zero oh last week. What we've cre- what we're creating here is special. Westbrook on Mondays and Wednesdays mm-hmm. is giving you that unfiltered fucking goodness. Yeah. Warren Sharp is giving you that mustache wearing nerdism that we all love. I need some of that in my life. We're, I need I, I need some of that. I was two and one this week with my three picks. I was surprised because before that, the last <laughs> two weeks, I was one and five. I was terrible. I'm currently in the Super Contest, which is you have to pick five games against the spread every week, mm-hmm. which is insane. I'm currently 10 and 5. It's not bad. I am in the top 33% of the contest right now. Not bad. Oh. Hey, let's not, par- do, the cli- let's not do the clicking thing anymore. Well, that was 33%. Yeah, no. You like that? I did. <laughs> um, but we're, we're fucking riding high right now. Yeah. I'm feeling good. Other thing I want to say, coming out Wednesday night, the next episode of Ditch the Playbook and we have it with the ultimate internet king, Quinnen Williams. Quinnen Williams, <laughs> he's the bless you, thank you. Yes. He is the funniest dude ever. Uh, I'm going to give the listeners a 33% what is going to be. We are trying to make Quinnen Williams the king of the internet. Mm-hmm. Taking the best memes of the internet and turning them into queens. And so what I'm asking the 33% is when it comes out on Wednesday... You share the F out of it. He's already pretty good. I mean, he's amazing. Yeah, he's amazing. And I'm telling you, he was a joy to be around. We are adopting him into the 33%. We are going to get him in here one day for a podcast. But when you see the episode, retweet, best episode you've ever seen. Trust Mm me. Um, The other rookie quarterback that Daniel Jones was the sixth pick in the draft. Yes. And everybody doubted him. Mm -hmm. Well, there was one rookie quarterback that was a sixth round pick and everybody doubted him. But now... Everybody loves him. Yeah. Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Did you get a chance to watch him on Thursday? Are I you did. aboard the Gardner Minshew train? You know what? It was a couple of weeks ago. You were like, nah, you got to get on the train. I was like, nope, not getting on. I don't believe it. Yeah. My thing is, is I'm not the guy going, he's so cool. You should like him because he's cool. I'm going, I think he's, he's a, a good gamer. Player. Yeah. Like, I don't care about all the other stuff. I think he is a gamer. I think he can take this team to the next level. Obviously, they have a decent run game with Fournette, but he's a guy that can whip it can make all the throws. And the thing that I love about young quarterbacks, especially with a little swagger, the confidence is through the roof. The, the confidence is probably twice as high as their ability. They believe that they can make any throw, and they walk around and talk it. And, and the guys in the locker room, whether it's true or not, the guys in that offensive line, the same way that Daniel Jones six, went into the huddle and oh, said what yeah. he said, it changes the thought inside of you. Offensive line, I'm going to block a little bit longer. My, I'm going to run my route. You know what? This guy can give me the ball. I'm going to run a little bit yeah. more crisp route. I'm going to do a little bit more. That's the confidence that Minshew has really instilled into that offense. And, and it's amazing because there's some questions. There's a bunch of questions on that offensive side of the ball for the Jaguars. But the ability to go out there and beat a a Titans team, and and I think Mike Vrabel is a, I think he's actually a pretty good coach. I think that he brings a nasty disciplined football team. Yes. But to beat them the sound way that they did, I think that was impressive. It was, it was sound. Not only that, Gardner Minshew looked immensely better than Marcus Mariota. Way better. I watched Mason Rudolph, and the Steelers were saying, we're comfortable trading for Minka Fitzpatrick Mm -hmm. because we believe we can build around Mason Rudolph, and we're not going to need that draft pick. So many people doubted that. Just letting you know, 
Mason Rudolph did not look good. Nope. I would rather have Gardner Minshew mm -hmm. than Mason Rudolph. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to give a shout-out to Jalen Ramsey, who played and then came out and said, I got the flu. Oh. I don't think I can play this weekend. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that's that's great. You know what? I'm not going to be able to make it in. Sorry. I'm not going to be able to make it in. I'm going to yeah, play. I can't play next week because I feel sick a week ahead of time. I'm going to feel sick all week long. So don't even bother sending medicines. Don't come back to the house. I'm sick. Don't don't call me. Yes. Fucking great. That's I mean, What's better than that? But I, I wanted to ask you. <laughs> I'm sick this who, week. Who do you think has had the better, like, start to their career movie-wise? Daniel Jones or Gardner Minshew? Ah, that's a good one. The reason you can't tell yet is because you haven't seen the movie trailer. Okay. And that's what we're going to make right now. Let's do that. So I have a script for you. You have not seen this yet. I have not. Uh, this is what we're going to do first. Uh, so kind of read over your lines. All right. Get ready for them. And, uh, and, and I want everyone out there, who has had the better movie start thus far? Daniel Jones or Gardner Minshew, but you need to know who their characters are. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to give you the movie trailer for Danny Dimes. All right, let's do it. A franchise in need of a legend. Eli just doesn't have any more, and it's killing me. A city in need of a hero. We need a hero. But who? Millions of years ago, a prophecy foretold that if Eli doesn't have it anymore, a new quarterback who was an exact replica, but with better foot speed and more charisma, would rise. Who is that? This fall, one small step for the front office, one giant leap for the Giants. Broadway Jones, rated R for excessively sexy shots of quarterback sneaks up the middle. Daniel Jones is Broadway Jones. Okay, so that's Daniel Jones. I felt good about that. You did a great job. I felt good about it. I was hype. Have you anchored? Have you acted before? No, like? of course not. Play okay. football. I act all the time. All right, so Daniel Jones, Broadway Jones coming out of nowhere, thousands of years in the making, foretold through hieroglyphics on the walls of a pyramid. But now, the movie trailer for Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew was just a regular kid from Mississippi who dreamed of playing in the NFL. Quit playing that dang football in the house, son. You stink. Until one day. Whoa, what is this? Hair on my face. He grew a mustache. I don't know who this kid is, but he just broke every school record. That's one heck of a mustache. This summer, everyone's invited on the mustache ride. Gardner Minshew is Stash Mountain. Rated PG-13. <laughs> Stash Mountain. Dude, I love your acting skills. Listen, that, those Denver, shorts. Good that, scripts. That shorts, those shorts that Minshew had on. Good quads. He had good quads. Look, look, yeah, if you're into that. They're not Saquon. They're not Saquon, no. Listen, but, if you don't start being okay. With, are you okay with that? Yes. A little, little much. A little much for me. A little leg. A little bit too much leg. A little too much hair on the legs. I have said a lot going on for a long time. If I had abs, I wouldn't wear a shirt. Really? Yes. You would be the jogger with no shirt on? Yes. If I was jacked, I wouldn't wear sleeves. Really? And if I had quads that were similar to Saquon's... You wouldn't? I'm wearing that European cut short. That's me, bro. I don't have it, though. So I wear... This <laughs> you wear? I wear this. I cover up everything. I cover up everything. Okay. Okay. I yes. just. Uh, I mean, I I once had a six pack. I once had nice quads, not to say quads length, 
no. to, to, to where he's at. But, yeah, I don't, I don't need to show everybody. I'm kind of like, eh, you'll see, you can see it through the clothes. I, I don't need to show you. I will say it is interesting that Cam dresses funny and we critique him. Yes. Gardner Minshew dresses funny and we celebrate him. He reminds me of Coy Detmer. He, that, that's, when I see him, I'm saying, that's Coy. Yes. He had the mascot dressed like him. I think it was pretty cool. Or and was he dressing like the mascot? Coy was the starter. Yes. Like, that's what's so interesting. About yes. It. All right, so who do you think has the better movie beginning? Gardner Minshew coming in because of an injury uh, to the starter, you know, and he's stretching in a jock strap, and he's mm-hmm. out there kind of, well, let's figure this out, boys. Yeah. Or Daniel Jones replacing a legend, going down 18, driving him back with a curse word. I, I love the comeback. I love comeback stories. I love the fact that people are saying, hey, you're down. You'll never be able to do it. But also you're following a guy that won two Super Bowls. You're without your best weapon. Mm-hmm. Just come back and do your thing. I love a comeback story. I also can understand the Minshew side of things. That, hey, it's just me playing football in the backyard. Kind of kind of reminiscent of Brett Favre type of thing. It's just me slinging the ball around, getting guys involved. I can see both sides of it. To me, comeback story is always going to win. Gotcha. Comeback story. My um my thing is is I love I think their personalities fit the city's perfect. Mm-hmm. New York needs a quarterback like Daniel Jones that's not going to talk a lot. Nope. It's the one thing Eli did great. Didn't really alienate anybody. And Jacksonville needed a quarterback that didn't give a fuck. A little swagger. Because that's their defense. That's right. One thing I'm going to say is I heard something this morning that, uh, Westbrook, you'll learn this about me. I'm not afraid to talk about other commentators. Okay. Uh, because let's get over ourselves. We're all adult. And if you want to have a take, nobody really went out there and said they believed in Daniel Jones. No. And I'm watching Get Up, and I'm hearing Rex Ryan. They're going, Rex, you were one of the few guys that said <laughs> Daniel Jones can make him. Mm-hmm. What did you see that no one else saw? And this is what he said. He said, honestly, I had some inside information. Number one, I heard that he can remember everything. And I went, okay, that's interesting. Number two, I heard that he broke his right hand in an AAU basketball tournament, and he won the tournament with his left. And the third thing I heard is that he played on Jay Billis's basketball team with two NBA players and nobody hustled harder. Yeah. And I went, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't translate to football. Rex Ryan, this is your opportunity to, I don't know, make shit up and say that you had scouts say that his accuracy was incredible. You could have said that he had an injury, which he did Mm -hmm. in the most important part of his development in sophomore and junior year. And thus we haven't been able to see the best of who he is until now. You can say anything. Yeah. You're the king of the mountain. You're the only guy in the media that didn't bash the draft pick. And you're going to come out with AAU basketball tournaments and hustling on Jay Billis' team. Right. And you told me that Rex Ryan said this? And you thought it was going to be something different? Did did he get a Mark Sanchez tattooed on him? He did. Jersey? Yeah, Yeah, well, yeah, come on. Coaches don't do that. I just... I mean, I'm I'm actually surprised at you. Why? I'm surprised that you're surprised that Rex said that. It's more of I see the opportunity in our media space. Like, I am all over the Ravens. Yes. And I feel vindicated. And Do I, you? And I am going to pound that constantly. Speaking of which, you do owe me a dollar. Whoa, 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 whoa. You owe me a money. What are you talking about? I don't owe you a money. You a owe me a money, meaning I, one money. I owe you? A dollar. For what? Because the Ravens lost. We bet that the Ravens would cover the seven. What? They lost by five. Oh, my goodness. You told me that you didn't want to do the spread, that we were just going to go winners and losers. We literally, I can literally play. Yeah, bring team. it up. 
It literally says plus seven. <laughs> we we agreed on that? Yes. And then if Jalen Ramsey gets traded to the Lions, you're going to owe me another dollar. Yes. Okay. You lost we'll, that bet. We'll be. You came in here thinking you won that bet? I thought I won that bet. I was. I told you before the show I had something to tell you, and that was it. I won my money. Yeah, no, you, you owe me a dollar. <laughs> this is why you need me and Warren Sharp to help yes, you with these betting that's lines. That's exactly what it is. Um, But, you know, I'll tell you this. Let's get into the game. I am – Ooh, okay. I'm pleasantly surprised because I thought that this game was going to be lopsided in in Kansas City's way. Started to look. It it did start that way. I I thought that Kansas City, you know, you score in the first four out of the five first drives just to start the game. Twenty three points in the second quarter, just like last week. There's no way that the Ravens will be able to keep up with it. My 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 exact comment to you last week was that this offense puts pressure on the opposing defense, of course, but the opposing offense just to keep up. Lamar didn't have the best game passing the football, but I tell you, that running game, that's something that you can build on. Gus Mark Ingram, Ingram did whatever Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's just – I thought that Mark Ingram had some juice left when he came over. I, you just never know. You never know because you, you trade guys, you get rid of them. You know, having 103 yards, 16 carries, three touchdowns, yeah. that's impressive. That can win you that division easily. So would you say, after the first few weeks, I kept asking, are the Baltimore Ravens a Super Bowl contender? Where do you stand with it now? I still think they're good. I mean, let, 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 let's stop here. They didn't win the doggone game. Of course. That's, that's, that's the, the real test. So they, they have to be able to win these games. They also got to make sure guys are healthy. Andrews has to get healthy. I think yep. Brown, looks he seems to be limping, limping yep. around just a bit. He has to get healthy. And, and, and the quarterback position, he has to be better. And listen, throwing the football is a big part of it. We yeah. saw him run around. We know he can do that. He has to be better. We're talking about them competing on the Super Bowl levels, yes. right, against better competition. The first couple of weeks, average competition at best. Most would say, obviously, they were terrible. But he has to get better. I saw something on this team. To me, they took a next level jump. They, they you know, Kansas City is at the top of the league, right? Yeah. But they're not, they're not as far away as some people thought, including myself. So – I came away from this game going, the Ravens are going to be the three seed in the AFC. Okay, I I can see that. I believe they are clearly the third best team in the AFC. I believe they're competing with Indy. I believe they're competing with uh, Houston and Buffalo. But I think they're better than all of those teams. I agree with that. I also want to say this. They have an injury right now that I think um, people need to realize. Jimmy Smith hasn't played the last few weeks. Huge injury. And as Sharp was saying on on Friday's show, the splits of that defense with and without Jimmy Smith are crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. Warren has been focusing that when you play three or more wide receivers against Baltimore, you get torn up. But I want to say that I don't know if the Ravens impressed me or if they didn't. They impressed me because they had so many mistakes in this game that if it goes the other way, who knows? Yep. They failed three two-point conversions. They stopped Mahomes on third down. Then they get a horse collar tackle on that play, mm-hmm. which leads to a touchdown. Gus Edwards blasted off a 50-yard run. Yep. Holding brought it back. it back. That's right. They had an interception in the red zone. There was a pass interference away from the play, got called back. They had an interception on Mahomes that went through the guy's hands, mm-hmm. and then Sammy Watkins caught it and continued. Now, I do not want to say that everything went their way because Lamar Jackson also had like two miracles. Yes. He had two fourth and five plays, one where he threw it across the field, and Willie Sneed had one of the most incredible catches to keep the drive. Mm -hmm. And then they had another one where they threw it down to the one, and no cameras were there to cover the offensive pass interference. But what I saw was 
an offense that, number one, did not abandon the run down by double digits in the second half. They had a a drive in the beginning of the second half where it was Ingram and Edwards, and it was 10-yard runs. Easy. Mm -hmm. Easy. Lamar Jackson also showed me that he's a gamer. Yep. And that even though they lost the game, Lamar was pulling magic. And there are only a few guys in this league that are capable of making magic. Lamar, Mahomes, Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't seen it consistently from Kyler, but I think Kyler has that ability. Deshaun Watson. Yep. Um, Wentz has shown it over the years. Obviously, Rodgers. But... Lamar showed me that when push comes to shove, he's not just taking that sack on fourth and long or third and long. He can make magic happen. And I looked at Baltimore, and I'm very concerned that their inability to stop teams with three wide receivers is going to continue. But I also believe that they played a very special team. And the the one thing I'll say is is I don't want to just focus on Baltimore because that's what I've done. We are witnessing in this era of the NFL – some of the most physically gifted quarterbacks we've seen. Josh Allen has the Bills at 3-0, and yeah. and if you watch that game, guys, it's his cannon arm mm-hmm. and it's his legs. We watched Deshaun Watson be the ultimate gamer and go into the Chargers and win that game. His play where he scrambles around and finds Akins is incredible. We have Lamar Jackson, who's one of the fastest twitch guys we've ever seen, and none of them hold a candle to Patrick Mahomes. That's right. Patrick Mahomes is far and away the best young quarterback that anyone has seen. Ridiculous And, and I do not want to hear it anymore. Patrick Mahomes is hands down, without a doubt, the most talented guy we've ever seen at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Because you can give me guys that are faster, yep. Mahomes is more accurate. Yep. You can give me guys that are more accurate, Mahomes can hit 40 yards further down the field. There is nothing this guy can't do, and there is no moment that he can't make. Patrick Mahomes is the most talented quarterback in the history of the NFL, and you cannot prove me otherwise. I wouldn't that's how good he is. I wouldn't be mad with that statement. Patrick I, I, Mahomes has thrown for more than 1,000 yards, Brian Westbrook, yeah. in less than 10 quarters of football this season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's had a, he had some of the best the, the best run of a young starting quarterback that we've ever seen. I mean, we, So we understand that. I think when you talk about the combination of the, the, the game plan that Andy sets sure. in front of him, he is the perfect person to be able to, to develop it, to, to carry it out. He's Brett Favre-esque. He has the ability to scramble just like Farb. He has a little bit more athletic ability, stronger arm. I mean, it's it's beautiful. I, I love what they're doing there. He made some ridiculous throws there. Obviously, I love the way that Andy continues to use the screen game. He continues to do things that way. But I really want to talk about Lamar just a bit. Okay. You, you mentioned something. And, and really, Mahomes does the same thing. They make plays outside of the offense. At some point, the, the, the coordinator said, okay, we're going to do yep. five-step drops. You're going to throw the ball to this guy that's going to run a skinny post, and he's going to throw it 30 to 30 yards down the field. And when you get in the game, sometimes a defensive guy comes up to you. You, you got to scramble. You got to yep. do different things. You got to make a play. You got to make a play outside of the offense. Both of these guys, Jackson as well as Mahomes, they have the ability to make plays that not very many people in the league. When we're talking about pa- pocket passers, yes. obviously we, we mentioned Eli early, just not willing to do it. These There's not a many people in the league that are willing to make these plays, not or capable yeah. of, to making these plays. And also, that's how you beat the Patriots. That's exactly how Talk you Talk to it. any Patriots fan. That's their exactly biggest fear is it. playing a quarterback that can move. That's, That's right. how they've lost. Guys that can ab-lib, that and can there, do stuff out of the system. And there are three quarterbacks in the AFC 
that have a chance against the Patriots. And in my mind, there's four, excuse me. Lamar Jackson, Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson. They're the four. Deshaun Watson's hung up 34 on the Patriots. Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes has hung up 35 on the Patriots. Uh, Josh Allen has had some success against the Patriots. And that defense is good. And 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 I think that it that's what it takes. And so those are the guys that you can build around because there are some guys that when they're in the pocket, that's all they got. And and I, I that's Lamar has that gift. Well, but think about this: when you're a pocket passer, you have to, especially as a young quarterback, you have to be so good to have an effect on the team, right? When you're talking about the Daniel Jones and Lamar and Mahomes, they, they you don't have to be as accurate because you can make plays outside of the pocket. You don't have to be the best passer period just from the pocket because you have legs you have the ability to run to make plays yes. same thing you see Kyle Allen down there in in, uh, Carolina. in Carolina they have the ability to make some plays with yeah. their legs strong arms you're on time one of the things that I was talking to Inberg just a little bit about this before we're saying well you're a young quarterback you know your starter and you have good starter let's let's use uh, uh, uh cam for example okay. right cam good starter he makes plays outside of the offense you really you can't script it i mean when he's when he's on when he a makes few years ago he yeah, was incredible. He, he makes plays you you can't really script it you don't really know what's happening but but when you have a guy come in like allen and says you know what i'm going to run the offense the exact way it's supposed to the offense just looks more effective it looks like it goes through you know it looks exactly the way you planned it three step drop ball is out yeah, things look smooth. They look fast. Things are working great. These young guys, because they have the ability, and because the college game has changed tremendously yeah. to, to more athletic guys playing the position, now these guys have the ability to come in at an earlier point in their career and make a big time difference. We saw it with Daniel Jones, yeah. we, and I asked you last week. I said, "Does he have the ability to run?" Oh, he didn't run, run that much in the preseason. I don't know if he can. We saw him run a little bit in college, but he has a oh, he has wheels. He has the ability to run. Wheels. That changes things. Changes because defensively, you can never account for the quarterback that can run. We saw Lamar Jackson all last year. You can't account for it. That's a big help for a young quarterback. I um I think the other thing about Mahomes that I liked, I don't know if everyone saw this, end of the first half, they have a little bit of time left, and they're kind of in field goal range. And they show Mahomes and Andy Reid yelling, like Mahomes yelling at Andy Reid on the sideline. Yeah. Yeah. Mahomes is going, I got 19 seconds left. Mm-hmm. I've hung up like 20-plus points in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Why are you putting the kicker out there? Let me take a shot. Give me a chance. And Andy Reid like, kind of was like smiling to yeah. calm him down. But the thing I like about Mahomes is that he doesn't turn off. This isn't one of these young guys that's happy with where he's reached. That's right. He's obsessed with putting the game out of reach. And I respect John Harbaugh in this game going, we're going to go for two the entire game because that's what it takes to play the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Part of the Chiefs' defense is your offense knowing right. you have to score a touchdown every possession. Mm-hmm. And Mahomes wanted to keep pouring it on, and I like that. Uh, Andy Lurie loves that type of guy. Loves I, I, he loves it. I want to make a mention here. And, of course, I don't know that Lamar had his best game. But there, it was bad weather. I mean, it was it was, it was bad nasty. weather. And I, Lamar's still having some issue on some deep shots right. where his accuracy is not there. But he still played well. He still played well. Still played well. He's still developing though. I mean, this yes. is we're not we're not seeing his best his best games yeah, yet. Don't forget, Mahomes is technically year three. Yeah, he Lamar is. is year two. That's right. Because Mahomes had a year of sitting there and practicing with the scout team and all mm-hmm. that, and mm-hmm. it'll be good. Um, I wanted to try something with you uh, called shoot your shot. Good. Where it's two or three opinions that you believe that no one else is saying. Okay. Would you like me to go first? Yeah, go first. Okay. Why not? My first opinion that I believe that I'm not hearing anyone say is 
I believe the San Francisco 49ers are going to win the NFC West. Mm. The big competition here is Seattle and the Rams. I look at what I saw out of Seattle. I've had questions about Seattle all offseason, warranted against the Saints. The Rams are fantastic. But I'll say you look back at any of the Rams-Niners games with lesser quarterbacks and lesser teams, Mm -hmm. Kyle Shanahan has hung up points in the Rams every single time. The other thing I want to say is the Niners are 3-0. Oh, we've seen this story before. The 3-0 teams that fade off. Normally those teams that are 3-0 have an enormous an advantage in the turnover margin, and it's an inflated 3-0. and And I'll just say this. The Niners are tied for the league with eight giveaways. Yeah. The other two teams that have given the ball away eight times, Cincinnati and Miami, a combined 0-6. The only team letting up less yards per game in the air, the New England Patriots. The Niners... The Niners' defense right now is top 10 against the run, the pass, in sacks, and interceptions. The back-to-back road games to start the season. Historic, in the last like five years, those teams were 1-14. The Niners were able to do it. They outgained the Pittsburgh Steelers by almost 200 yards and averaged six yards per play, and they turned the ball over five times. Mm-hmm. None of their receivers are clearly the number one. They have I believe nine receivers averaging over 10 yards a catch. They have three running backs. All of them look good. They have an all pro tight end in George Kittle and a quarterback who yesterday looked like he was getting into form. I look at the Niners. If you take away the running game, they'll attack you in the pass. And now all those years of drafting defensive linemen, Auric Armstead, DeForest Butner, Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas. Finally paying off. Every time I turn on a Niners game, the opposing quarterback is running for their lives. Jameis Winston running for his life. Andy Dalton running for his life. And you could say, oh, it's this team. I saw Andy Dalton take the the Buffalo Bills to almost overtime in the Seattle Seahawks. Mm -hmm. I saw Jameis Winston knock off the Panthers and hang up like almost 30-plus against the Giants. And then they go in there and play the Steelers where, okay, fine, but they beat the shit out of the Steelers. Right. I think the Niners are going to win the NFC West. That's my that's one of my shoot my shots. I'll tell you this. I I like John Lynch. I like the way he's building the team. I think he's a, actually I think he's a really good talent evaluator. I think he's a good dude. And I think there was a time when the the NFC West was a soft division back when I was playing. Then it got really nasty. Seattle was nasty defensive defensively the Rams were nasty as well as San Fran. In and I think Arizona actually was nasty, too. So they, they had a pretty nasty division out there. I, I think you're right about that. I think that's what they're trying they to build. They have a chance. They're trying to build a situation where they get after the quarterback. Let me ask you, they have a bye this week, mm-hmm. which I hate. Yeah. I hate that they're 3-0 and and going into a bye. Mm-hmm. Early season buys. I Terrible. feel like it can throw off everything. Have you experienced this? Well, it depends. If you're 0-3, you need a bye just to yes. collect yourself. If you're 3-0, and you want to keep the ball rolling. And, and, and especially early on, you're not injured yet. So it may, you're, you may be a little banged up, but it's nothing. You know that afterwards, if you go 3-0, and you got a 13-game stretch after the bye where you get no breaks, and it's hard. That's hard to do. So you always want your bye mid-season, seven, yeah. week seven, week eight, week nine, somewhere around there just so that you can get your body back. Then maybe you've got another eight, nine games after that just to get that stretch. I, I like I like the the uh, 49ers. I think, I think they, they might. I don't know if they're going to win. I think I don't know I, that they win, I but I, I think they'll compete, and I think that's important. I think I, I'm, I'm proud of them, though. 
right, they shoot. have one of the best young quarter, best play callers in Kyle Shanahan. And oh. I appreciate what he's able to do. All right, so shoot your shot. Give me a shoot take my I'm shot. not hearing anywhere else. I don't know if you're not hearing this anywhere else. I think the stats will probably disagree with me, but I my eyes are telling me this, that the Browns' defense is worse than Miami Dolphins. Wow. Okay. And, and I want to tell you, I, I just want to tell you what the Miami Dolphins are doing. They're giving up 44 points in the game per game. Yeah, that's historically the worst. That's last. In the history of the football. They're giving up 500 yards per game, and that's last. 291 passing yards, that's 28, and 208 rushing yards, which I'm going to tell you right now, this is hard to have stats like this because they look terrible. But I also want you to understand this. They're not very talented. They gave away one of their best players in Minka Fitzpatrick. They look like they're tanking. We understand that. More importantly, this is who the guys that they played so far. Baltimore? They put up a bunch of points. But Baltimore, we talk about them all the time. They're actually going to be a pretty good team. Yes. New England, they put up 43 points. But I also want to mention they have a Hall of Fame quarterback and they had Antonio Brown for that game and everybody yes. else went off. They put up – they got put and, up. And two of those touchdowns were defensive touchdowns. That's right. So it wasn't even off. So it wasn't that way. Dallas put up 31 points again. You know, you're playing one of these up and rising teams. But they held them to uh, 10 points in the first half. Wasn't, wasn't terrible. And I want to look on the other side. The Browns. What do you mean? You, you can't get out to the quarterback? What, what do you mean? Why not? Why can't you get to the quarterback? Why can't you make things hard for the opposing team? You're really talking about the Rams game on Sunday night. Yeah, what are you doing? Why, why not? Well, this is where your talent base is supposed to be at. What's interesting about the Browns is every starter in their secondary was hurt, which is wild. Well, Both safeties, all three corners. Denzel I, Ward, Greedy Williams, wild. But I don't think you're crazy. I mean, I look at this Browns team right now, and if they're not playing Luke Falk in week two, and like Sam Darnold's in there, they're, they're, a, they're a quarterback injury away from 0-3. I'm going to take this even further. Uh-oh. I think the Broncos' defense is worse than Miami. Zero sacks, zero turnovers. So, you got Nick Chubb and, and, and Von Miller coming off the edge. You mean to tell me that those guys can't get a sack? I'm going to see your take. And I'm going to take your take, and I'm going to take it. Take it. I actually think the Denver's defense is extremely underrated. Really? And everybody's focusing on this one stat. Well, I think focus, two stats. They're focusing on that they haven't gotten a sack, yes. and they haven't gotten an interception, Important. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I get it. What I'm saying, though, is they're the only team in the last 50 years not to have a sack and interception in three weeks. With that, they're the sixth best passing defense in the NFL. I watched that game yesterday with Aaron Rodgers. They were struggling. Other than a bomb to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, they really kept that team in check. Also, Chicago goes in there, and they could barely get a first down for the whole game. What happened, Yeah, well, Chicago has Mitch Trubisky as their quarterback. What, so I'm not, eh. What's happening is, is when your quarterback is Joe Flacco, yeah. and you're never fucking giving your defense rest on the field, mm-hmm. I think that we're... <sighs> Interceptions is a tough thing to predict, right? Like, it, it, you don't average a certain amount every game. I think the Denver defense as a whole is a good defense. It's a sound defense. They're just not getting it right now. And I think teams are proactively protecting against Bradley Chubb and Von Miller and trying to get the ball out quickly. I think they're trying to avoid them. Well, yeah, that's what you do against all of the best rushers in the league. However, if somehow Aaron Donald keeps getting double-digit sacks. He has one sack thus far. This well, yeah, but he go, he he started off slow last year, too. Of course. But then he went on a run. I'm not saying that this Denver team won't go on a run. However, we had, a, we, had a stat, we had a stat for a long time. We call it fuck the play up. Mm-hmm. 
where we believe that there are certain guys like Aaron Donald who every play destroy an offense. Disruptive, no but doubt. But they don't get any credit for it. Nope. And nope. so it's really like honoring those guys. You only get credit for that when you watch the film and you study. You're like, okay, exactly. this is why the quarterback had to exactly. move. This is why it was a terrible throw. I do want to make a bet with you about the Broncos. So I have to see who they play. But I'm going to give you another one of mine. I'll give yeah. you a different one. Dan Quinn will be the first head coach fired this season. Oh, really? And my reasoning is this. This defense has been abysmal mm-hmm. every single game. Yep. And what happens when you're a head coach and before the season you say, I am taking play calling of this side of the ball over, mm-hmm. you can't hide behind anybody That's anymore. Right. You can't fire anybody else. The offense is still carrying this team. They go down early, like 21-3 to to Indianapolis, and now Keanu Neal's out with an Achilles. It's going to fall even further as we've seen like it did last year. They're about to host the Titans on 10 days rest. Titans defense matches up really well with Atlanta. Three good corners can match up with Atlanta's offense, and that Derrick Henry running game is going to have a success against Atlanta. Then they go to Houston, where Deshaun Watson can put up some numbers. I got a feeling Dan Quinn might be the first coach gone in the NFL this season. I kind of agree with you. I I also would put... Jay Gruden right there. Monday I mean, night will be interesting. Obviously, we're recording this on Monday, but yeah. we'll see what happens with it, him. It, in we'll see. I, I think they may be in a race to 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 certainly be the my, first my guy. My thing, though, is, is Washington is a team that always waits to make decisions. They waited on Kirk Cousins. They're waiting out Trent Williams. That's, that's terrible. I just see them right now with Jay Gruden. They're, we'll wait to see this. Yeah. Atlanta's sort of like... We kind of thought we could be a playoff team, and if we end up being one in three after Tennessee, mm-hmm. they're going to be shell shocked. I got one for you. Okay, and I don't know that this was a surprise. I don't think anybody's even talking about it though. Two things: Dalvin Cook. Okay, he's leading the league in rushing. Say he's the best running back in the NFL. When you watch the tape. When you watch the tape. I literally got a tweet from someone that said, I can't wait for Adam to continue asking Westbrook who's the best running back in the NFL and this week saying Dalvin Cook. When you watch the tape, Every it's time he touches the ball, he looks like he's operating at a different speed than right. anyone else on the field. That's right. He has a shake to him. He makes the first guy miss. They he has lateral motion, ability. Westbrook. And, and he's doing things against defense that you just, he has. Listen, when he came out of school, I said, you know what? If he can just stay healthy, which he didn't early on, he finally got back healthy, and now we're seeing the reason why he probably should have been a first-round draft pick. We're seeing the reason why there are a lot of teams passed him up because he obviously some issues, things like that. But now he's making people miss in the hole. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's doing everything that the, the Vikings need him to do to help carry this offense. So you love Saquon. I love Saquon. With Saquon on the shelf right now. I still love Zeke, too. Okay, but it look, but this looks different though, and in this way because Zeke came back last year and he looked quicker, he looked faster, he looked much more agile side to side. He didn't look as heavy to me. That was last year. I think this year he's still going to be quality running back as he gets up to speed. Dalvin looks different. The speed wise, he looks a little bit different. I think he's going to get more opportunities. They have big two, the best receiving core in the league. So arguably, with Saquon on the shelf, mm-hmm. we have to give the title of best running back in the NFL to somebody. Are you giving it to Dalvin? Right now, yes. I, I, I will tell you this, though, and I wrote two guys down, and it's kind of scary because I didn't, I didn't see this one coming. Christian McCaffrey actually has surprised I told you, bro. He surprised me. He's phenomenal. I didn't know. Well, you know, he put on some weight in the offseason. I didn't know that he would be able to carry the load in this way. 
And I think that he's surprised. A lot of people, obviously, receiving skills are still there. To me, that's going to be huge for him as the season goes on. It's just going to be some games where running game is not going to be able to go. He's going to be able to help you out in the pass game. I think that his ability to run inside, outside, that speed, and the willingness. I mean, there's a lot of backs that can run inside, but they want to bounce it outside because they want to use their speed. He'll run people he, over. He'll run people over in the hole. And to me, that shows you from a young back. Well, I'll use, I'll use a, a great comparison. Miles Sanders with the Eagles. Sure. He, he's not seeing it. He's not feeling it right now. He's a talented young kid. He just can't see it. Take some time to see it. And sometimes when you're young, you think that bouncing it is the way to go. You, you think that taking a two-yard gain oh, is, is seam, no. Get in the seam, take your two and three, and sooner or later that two and three turns into 20 and 30. Right. But you have to be patient. Christian, he, he's understood it. He, he gets it. And he's willing to take the inside and then bounce it later on. And you know this. Tell me if I'm wrong here. Sometimes you follow that seam in the first and second quarter. That's right. Because in the third and fourth is when you're going to pop it out. That's right. But if you always try to pop it out, well, that's your style now. Now now I'm defending the pop out. Well, you have to set things up. Yes. I used to always tell Andy, and Andy would always get mad. First quarter, why didn't you do this? Well, I was like, Andy, just listen, let me do me. Let me do what I'm doing. I'm setting things up for the third and fourth quarter. This is the, the, the crunch time when you need me. I'm setting things up for that. The best quarterbacks do that, where they focus on routes, knowing I'm going to come back to that route That's combination right. later. Pass rushers will show you a bull rush for the first three quarters because they know money gets made in the fourth quarter, That's right. and that's when I'm doing the swim. It's You cannot look at every play in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. A play in the first quarter is not equal to a play in the fourth quarter. Not even close. And you need to set it up. Um, the other thing I was going to say is, Christian McCaffrey, John Riggins, best white running back in the history of Christian football. McCaffrey, no, no, listen, John Riggins is a Hall of Famer. He's, a, he, he is, I mean, John Riggins. I think Christian McCaffrey is the best white running back? Ever. Christian McCaffrey is the best white running back in the league. That Does that help? Well, who you? is he up against? There, it's him and Rex Burkhead. That's him. That's it. He's, I mean, listen, he's a quality running back. I'm, I am really surprised <laughs> to see it. He's really, really good. And I, I was wrong about him early on in his career. I thought he was going to be limited. I thought that he wouldn't be able to carry the load. Yeah. You've seen without Cam, you see with a young quarterback, he's able to carry the load. He's able to help his team. I, I am surprised. By Rex this. Burkhead from? I have no clue. Either. Nebraska. Really? Danny Woodhead from Shadron State in Nebraska. Uh -huh. That's what they do there, bro. That's what they do in Nebraska. It's because they play seven-man football, Yeah, and it's just about... And there's just not a lot of black people there. That's the other part. Well, that's the other part. Yeah, that's the other part. So they, I mean, yeah, you play seven man football, and all the players are all this white. Is, so. This is this is a take I have. It's not it's not a football one, but it's more of I'm asking a question. Okay. I'm watching Giants Buccaneers, and they put up a stat for Jameis Winston as he's approaching the field for the last drive, and it says nine fourth quarter nine game winning comebacks in his career. Yeah. Dear television producers, mm -hmm. please show me how many game-winning drives he's been able to attempt total in addition. Yeah. Because when I see that Jameis Winston has nine game-winning drives, I go, that's pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. But if I knew it was out of 50, then I'm not that impressed. Yeah. Like Drew Brees, 35 game-winning drives. How many did he fail on? That's right. Because if you told me 200 fails, I'm not that impressed. Well, what you want I want to know percentages. You want a context. You want to know yes. how am I be able to judge that? Well, uh, Every game you're losing, you have the opportunity to have a game-winning drive, and you only converted nine of them. Then hey, that's just not very good. So that's that's my give me some context. That's my request: is mm -hmm. this stat that we're putting up in every game about fourth-quarter game-winning comebacks? Yeah, give me the percentages. Do not give me the total, because if you wrote back 
two, I'd be like, wow, he, he's done it before. <laughs> I need the percentages. Do you have any other uh, hot ones for me? Uh, it's okay if you don't. I, I have on. one, and I don't know that it's hot because okay. I think a lot of people are seeing it. So, so the Cleveland Browns are one and two. Yes. I just want to go through the record, and I want to just to be real about it. At Baltimore, at San Francisco, Seattle, at New, uh, New England, then they have at Denver, and then Buffalo. I'll tell you right now, if they if if they can win two of those, I think that's good. So I don't know. Th- Sunday, I don't know that they win two of those. So, so one thing that that Sharp and I have talked about a lot is when Freddie Kitchens and Johnny Man. Freddie Kitchens and Baker Mayfield mm. had success. La- That's just a Freudian slip because right. they look alike. I'm sorry. Um, had success last year. They went a lot of heavy sets yep. and they passed out of it. And this year they're playing such a staggering amount of 11. And you traded Kevin Zeitler, one of your best offensive linemen other than Joel Petonio. And Baker is not doing well under pressure. Mm-hmm. Sharp gave us the t- statistic last week that when Baker Mayfield heading into Sunday night's game was under pressure, he had a QB rating of 40. And last night I watched Baker with 11 personnel be under pressure and play really, really poorly. He also right now is one in six against teams with an over 500 record. But this is the issue. David and Joku just went in IR. Yeah. They have Demetrius Harris and Ricky Seals Jones. Both of them are more wide receivers than they are tight ends. This is Freddie Kitchens came out this morning and said he's going to continue to to call plays. But this could get really ugly really fast. And what everybody was saying this offseason was the only question I got about the Cleveland Browns is Freddie Kitchens. That's right. So we've already kind of set up the narrative to where we can blame Freddie Kitchens. And then I'm watching the game last night. And with the game on the line on fourth and nine, oh wow. He calls a draw play. Wow. And and my jaw hit the floor. It's shocking. Shocking. To me, if you're calling the draw play on third and nine, maybe. Because you know you're going to go for it on fourth. Just fourth, to get you some fourth yards. And five, fourth, fourth and four. Yes, right. But is there a chance this could get so out of line with Freddie? And the Browns have shown, well, the Browns have not shown that they'll react quickly because they did allow Hugh Jackson to go one and 31. For a long time. But. Or one in thirty-three. Whatever they have so much more talent now, though, and they've invested more in this football team. But with that team. schedule you just laid out for me, this could get scary. Well, the two things that we worried about for this football team early: a lot of success, and that team being able to have the maturity to handle it, and having a coach to say, "Hey, not too high, not too low." The other part is the low side. How many? What happens if you lose three, four, five games in a row? That little swagger that yeah, you had—that was one and six. That was kind of carrying you through camp, and everybody. Now, what happens? How does Baker handle that? How does Odell Beckham Jr. handle that? What does this team turn to? Yeah. Can I pat myself on the back three times? You need three. You need to do it three times. Yeah, I have three one different time. things I like to pack my bat on. All right, go ahead. Number one, I did say that after Sunday, we'd be saying that Mahomes and Lamar Jackson would be the future of the NFL. Yes. And we'd look at the two quarterbacks that were taken to number one in Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. and go, they were supposed to be the future of the NFL. That's one pat. Yeah. Deserve it? Eh. Okay, it was deserved. Number two, <laughs> I got into a few arguments this offseason where people told me that Patrick Mahomes would be figured out in the NFL, and I said, you're fucking crazy. Can't figure out the talent. That's right. Number two. But number three, I said in my season preview that the Cleveland Browns have all the talent in the world, but we were going to have fights between Baker and Odell and, and Jarvis, not because they didn't do well, but because their offensive line was in shambles and they wouldn't be able to get it going. That's all I'm going to do, and I'm done. I got a question for you. I got yeah. a question for you. I like to celebrate myself. We're talking. Yeah, I see that, man. That's great patting you in the back. That's 
Much appreciated. Jackson, Baker, Rosen, and Donald. Put them in order. Donald. Who's Donald? Sam Darnold. Oh, Darnold. Darnold. What did I say? Donald? Donald. Yeah, sorry, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. If I was going to rank them in order, so give me it again. Lamar Jackson. Okay. Baker, Josh Rosen, and Sam Darnold. I am going to go um, Jackson. Okay. Easy one. Baker, Darnold, Rosen. And the reason I'm putting Baker over Darnold is um, I believe Baker has a better arm than Darnold. I think Darnold is better at escaping and running around. But I, I think that um, Baker's offensive line right now is is bad to the point where um, it's not letting us see his full potential. Uh, so I would I I find them to be very similar. Baker and tell me tell me about Baker's decision making because the five interceptions, they, they, the three touchdowns. Obviously, I, I'm worried about his decision making. Where is he throwing the ball? Does is he understanding the defense? Yeah. Is he throwing the ball to the best possible outcome? Because, I think it's a it's an offensive line issue. My big for the yeah, Browns. Bit, if I want to fix Baker, is this? You have Todd Monken as your offensive coordinator, right? Who broke a shitload of records in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. I know that Freddie Kitchens wants to keep calling the plays. You need another mind in that room. And I don't know if you're listening to Todd, but you guys got to change it up. Yeah. Because it ain't working. It's hard. How would you rank him? I I probably would go Lamar, Sam Darnold. Obviously, much. I love that you're all over Lamar now. Well, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, Come to the dark side. Darnold has a much smaller sample size, I think. But I I think. You would put Darnold over Baker? In the long term. It's a good reaction. In the long term. Uh, Let's do. Who gave their 133% this week? Who do you want to lead off with? Um, I think everybody's jumping over Daniel Jones. I love that. I'm going to go Jacoby Brissett. Damn, he was my number one. Really? Yeah. Completed his first 16 passes. I think he outplayed Matt Ryan. Mm -hmm. When you look at what he's done, he goes into L.A., against the Chargers, leads a comeback to send it to overtime with big-time throws. He goes to Tennessee with... I'm telling you guys, if you go back and watch that Tennessee game, he is diving for fourth down That's conversions. Right. He's making big throws when he needs all the small things. And then in a, the and mood. then against Atlanta, starts off the game 16 for 16, mm-hmm. and then finishes the game in the second half without Ty Hilton yep. and made some big time throws. And also, how about this? He became the third quarterback in Colts franchise history with a 115 plus passer rating in two of the first three weeks of the season. The other two, Peyton Manning. And Johnny Unitas. Andrew Luck never did it. That, like, that is, talk about a fucking gamer. Jacoby Brissett deserves to get credit. Absolutely should. I also think that he's a leader. Yes. And guys in that locker room, listen, in the NFL, you follow the coach, things like that. And you see so many personalities, but you always need a leader. A guy that you can follow that's going to be calm in the face of adversity. A guy that's going to say, all right, we're not going to get too high, not going to get too low. Jacoby Brissett is that type of guy. Yes. He's a guy that you will follow into the war and you're saying, listen, we're going to follow him. If he says go right, we're going right. He's that type of leader. Obviously, you, you laid out all the stats. You know, they scored on the first four possessions. They're putting up numbers. Yes. This is what this Colts team was trying to do, obviously, with Andrew Luck. What's happening with this Colts team and every game they play is eventually their offensive line is too good for the other team. That's right. And and the thing about the Colts is every time I talk to Quentin Nelson, he never wants to accept credit. Mm-hmm. A lot of people last year wanted to give him credit for the offensive line getting better. 
it is truly a team unit. That's right. Where the offensive line is giving Brissett time, Brissett is making the throws, and the wide receivers and the tight ends are playing better than they ever have. On time. The Colts are a team that, in the beginning of the year, I had the Steelers maybe knocking them out of playoffs. This is before all the injuries and all that. The Colts right now are going to either win the AFC South or they're going to be a five or a six seed. It's too obvious to me right now. The Colts will make the playoffs this year. I think they will. It's obvious. And you mentioned this early, and I think this is important to say because we I talked about it last week on one of my shows that last week Carson Wentz is dueling with Matt Ryan, right? You want the be- you want to get the better. Of course, you're not playing on the field with him at the same time, but I want to be the best quarterback on the field. Same thing this week. Jacoby Brissett. You see Matt Ryan, who some people, you know, you can make him a Hall of Famer, one of the better quarterbacks over the last 15 years. Yes. Pretty good quarterback. I want to outdo you. I want to be better than you. Yes. And you talk about a gamer. He is a gamer. That's exactly what you want at that position. I was impressed with him this week. Speaking of a gamer, I'm going to give another 133% award to Shaquille Barrett. We talked oh, about him earlier. Four sacks, eight on the season. But this is what's beautiful. He already has hit, after three games, a clause in his contract that gives him a $250,000 bonus. Get that money. Get that money. And I love when dudes exceed expectations so early. Two hundred fifty grand in three weeks. That was like. Get that money. Oh, man, that's so different. I'm glad for guys that make that money. you like that in your contract? No, no, no. You never had clauses no, like that? No, no, I want my money up front. <laughs> I want my money here now today. Because yeah. Andy may decide to go throw the ball 150 yeah. times. I, no, I want my money right now. The amount now. of times we've seen. It gets a little dicey, and all of a sudden, they don't put you on the field yeah, as much. Yeah, yeah, I got some questions. They, hey, don't mess with my incentive. Don't do that. Yes. Not cool. All right, who else you want to give 133% to? You know, I'm not surprised by this. I, I thought, I mean, I know this team throws the ball deep, but Keenan Allen continues to continues. just go get it. Yes. 13 catches, 183 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, listen, the Texans have, a you know, their defense is in a little bit of flux, but I think Keenan Allen continues to be a beast. Yes. All season long, he stretches the field. He catches the one-on-one difficult balls, those 50-50 balls we talk about yes. that you want your receiver just to go grab. He goes and gets yeah, them. Those Rivers diving catches. 50-50 all the time. Philip Rivers says, listen, I'm just going to throw it up, and you go figure it out. Yes. Keenan Allen figures it out every time. Big-time game this week. And I'm going to give another 133% to another wide receiver, Josh Gordon. Oh, okay. I'm watching the Patriots game yesterday, and he had two catches that were – Highlight reels for the season. Mm-hmm. One on the sideline that led to a touchdown and one right down the middle. And it's so funny because we've said this for a long time. There's something about the Patriots uniforms that makes guys look smaller. Yeah, They don't look as physically impressive. Nope. But then I watch Josh Gordon make those plays and I go... This is the six foot four, two hundred thirty pound freak that we've never seen. Mm-hmm. And if the Patriots are going to have are going to continue their run as everyone expects them to, including myself, to be the number one seed and to go all the way to the Super Bowl. They need guys that can make plays like this. Edelman hurt his chest. We'll see what the deals are. The carousel at running back. They do not have a tight end right now that I believe is far and away superior. It's going to come down to the Josh Gordon is going to have to make a play every game yeah, where he takes the ball away. And I thought what he did against the Jets Two of the, they were two of the best catches you were going to see all season. Big receiver, big time talent. I, he's still his speed to me is a little bit off, and he'll, I think he may get a little bit faster. But as he ages, everyone gets slower. But you're right, catch radius, the ability to say, okay, I'm just bigger than you. That's what Gronk had. Gronk was like, listen, you may be able to cover me. He ran pretty decent routes, but when it comes down to me catching the ball with you right there, I'm bigger, better, and stronger than you. Historically, same thing that Josh Tom Gordon Brady, does. Tom Brady splits without Gronk. 
fell off a cliff. Yeah. And I firmly believe that Josh Gordon is really the Gronk replacement. Mm-hmm. It's not about Matt Lacoste or wherever you want to put it tight end. What Gronk gave you was the 50-50 ball when everything's in trouble. How did the Patriots beat the Rams other than their phenomenal defense? It all came down to Gronk going up at the end of the game and catching a ball to put them inside the 10 to set up that red zone offense. That's what Josh Gordon is. Josh Gordon is the Gronk replacement. We just need him to stay all season long. He will. Good. His focus right now. That's what it's all about. And there's something about, you know, what happened to AB where I feel like it reinforces it even more to Josh. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like I'm looking at Josh Gordon. I'm looking at Darren Waller of the Raiders. Was that your guy? You stole him. I got another catches like 130. I love what he did. He's another guy that has had a lot of demons in his past. That's right. That's right. And I think sometimes it's interesting that both of them experienced Antonio Brown on their team Mm -hmm. combusting. Mm -hmm. And there's something about someone failing miserably in front of you that that can, I don't serve, I don't suffer losses. I suffer lessons, but when you can get a loss and you're not suffering the loss, I think it, it kind of emboldens them to stay on the good path. And we hope they can, because what they're doing right now is phenomenal. It allows you to refocus. It also allows you to say, you know what? I'm doing a great – it allows you to pat yourself in the back just a, a little bit. bit you, yeah. know, you know, at least I'm not there. And, of course, you never want to say at least I'm not that guy. But the truth is is that you can say I was there and in the past I would have made that decision. Thankfully, I'm here yeah. at this place in my life and I'm not making those and decisions. And, by the way, the decision is what we're talking about is I'm I'm not equating this to uh, what, what Antonio Brown is accused of. Oh, yeah, I'm not, more of saying of the, yeah. of the – The craziness. His, his temperament, yes. his his use of social media, the constant challenging of the superiors. Nonsense, around the them. noise. That's, that. that's what we're talking about. The the other stuff is so deplorable that I'd rather not get into it. No, of course. Two last guys that I'm going to have. And okay. I'm, I'll put these guys together because they're running backs and they're just getting it done. We talked about both yeah, of them give, already. Give some credit to your running back. Mark brother. Ingram, love him. Love him. I mean, I, I think he, I've always liked Mark Ingram, physical presence, a guy that can run with speed and power. He can catch the ball out of the backfield too. I love the fact that they're giving him some opportunities. Very efficient yesterday. 16 carries, 103 yards. Efficient game, three touchdowns. Mark Ingram runs at an angle yes. where I feel like he slices through people. And the people that would agree with you the most are the New Orleans Saints mm-hmm, fans. Mm-hmm. Because what the New Orleans fans, Saints fans are watching right now is what the Vikings fans realized and what the Raiders fans realized. Is that, yes, Latavius Murray looks like a hard runner, but he cannot no. hold a candle to Mark Ingram. He's too and, big. and the Saints fans are looking right now, and they're looking longingly at the Ravens and going, we miss Mark Ingram no because it. he runs at a different strength than anybody else. It also gives you a attitude. Yes. He brings an attitude. And when you're oh, off, yeah. I'll never forget it. I'm, I never was this player. But every now and then, I would run a guy over. And that gave my offensive oh. line a different feel. Way to go, Wes. I mean, it got Deuce them excited. Would do that. That's how That's how running backs can do. Mark Ingram can do it. You know, when coming out of Alabama, I thought he was a volume back. Meaning he couldn't get it done unless he was getting 25, 30 carries. And I think there were times in New Orleans where I kind of felt that way, too. The latter part of his time in New Orleans, he's splitting time with Kamara. I'm saying, you know what, Mark Ingram probably doesn't need 20 carries a game just to get going. This game, 16 carries, he's able to get it going a lot faster. Yes. I appreciate that. But I love that core. Him, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. It's great. It's they're going to last all season long. And they're going to run the football. A you said bunch. 16 carries? 16 carries. I mean, Mark Ingram, it seemed like he got 30 carries. Well, he beats up a difference. A but, defense, too. But what I love about though that, though, is playoffs. Mm-hmm. He's going to be ready to go. Oh, man. Well, here's the other part. The latter part of the season, we talk about all the time. Defensive guys have to make a business decision. Yes. 
220, 230, whatever I am at the running back position. How bad do you want to get, get me down on the ground? You're, you're a defensive back. You're 185. We're 190. How bad do you want to get me on the ground? Yeah. Because I'm, going to, I'm not running around you. No. I'm going right there, and you're in the way. Yeah. What decision are you going to make? Mark Ingram makes teams make that decision. Last guy, Christian McCaffrey, we talked about yeah. him. But, I mean, he's just – he he's becoming a special guy, and I, and I don't I don't know that people in the league are still recognizing it. Mm. I, I still think 154 yards, 23 carries, 24 carries is impressive. He's still catching the ball out of the backfield. Yes. I think he can do even more out of the backfield. Only had three catches for 35 yards. He can help that team. But even a 75 more out of the yard touchdown run that there was a, a defensive back. There was a defensive back on his hip. Nah. And then out of nowhere, he just separates. He has a different gear. He has a different gear. We, coming out of school, I thought he was a speed guy, but I'm like, eh, I don't know if he had that extra gear. He's proven these over these last, I don't know, four or five games and going back to last year, that he has another gear he can get to. He's running tough inside like we talked about earlier. It's been impressive to watch him, right, especially without Cam there. This is also what I think is unbelievable. If you look back at the 2017 NFL draft mm-hmm. with the fourth pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars selected Leonard Fournette. Volume back, doesn't have the quick twitch. They drafted him over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Mm. And they also drafted him over Christian McCaffrey, yep. who went eighth in that draft. Yep. And a lot of people looked at the Carolina Panthers and said, probably a reach. He's probably just a gadget third down back. That's right. And instead, right. Christian McCaffrey is probably. It's him and Dalvin Cook right now to who's the favorite to lead the NFL in rushing. You know what they thought about Christian McCaffrey? That he hit his ceiling while he was in, at Stanford. That's fucking That he was the best he was going to be. He would never improve. They really said the same thing to me. This is what he's going to be, and he'll be nothing else. That's what else. they said to you? Yeah. You're, this, you'll be a third down back. You'll be nothing else. I mean, obviously, he's getting drafted in the first round, so they thought yeah. a little, a little were, bit higher were, about him, right? But third round. at the same time, he has the ability to change games. That's what you want in your, your running back core, your, your playmakers on your team. Can you change games in a way that now the defenses have to play differently when they match up against us? Speaking of rookies, we're now in week three. Give me some rookies that have really impressed you thus far this season that you go, they were either really underdrafted. Like, because we know Daniel Jones has been great. If he's yeah. 20 years, it's great. But, like, who, who is someone that you're going, wow, this is a player? Um... And I'll say this because I saw him firsthand, but I think that he'll continue uh, to, to get opportunities because their team is just bad. Terry McLaurin. I, I, I'm coming around. Look at this. Westbrook I'm is loving around. Scary Terry now. Scary Terry. But listen, it's the deep threat. <laughs> and, and here's the other part. It's, it's the combination between. Play the clip with him going two weeks ago. Who? Well, nobody knew who he was. Until, except for you, until he's running scot-free down the yes. middle of the doggone field. And you see the speed. Similar guy. Pick number 56, Nicole Hardman for the Chiefs. He's on my list as well. He Speed. Had a, it, he now has two plays where it's like a direct shot for like 60 yards. It's mm-hmm. incredible. But he had one play yesterday where he bobbled it and then broke four tackles going completely across the field and got a first down. Right. Who is scouting wide receivers for the Chiefs? Demarcus Robinson, yeah. Mecole Hardman. Yeah. And their best guy is hurt. This is the other thing I wanted to say about Mahomes. They're missing their best wide receiver. Yep. They missed their starting running back, mm-hmm. and they missed their left tackle, and they hung up like thirty plus points, like it was nothing. Well, this is what nothing. This is what special players do. It doesn't matter who's around them. 
No, he still has some talent around him. He's still got guys that can run a 4-3 on a bad day, on the wet field. Kelsey's starting him. to get close into this all-time tight end conversation. Absolutely. So, so, he, so he has a bunch of weapons around him. But when, when you're that guy, yeah. you make everyone look better than they actually are. So Scary Terry, absolutely number one. Ten catches on the season, 187 yards. This is a good position for him because that team's going to be playing from behind, throwing the football to yes. this season. He'll get a lot of passes. Pick number 64. I'm going DK Metcalf. He's on my Did you look at my list? No. Nope. Look but, at my but list. The thing that I like about DK Metcalf is everybody that was confident in DK Metcalf yeah. was still concerned about DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. We don't know if he has a full route tree. We don't know if he's actually going to be that physically imposing in the NFL. I'm watching him at the end of the first half against the Saints yesterday, going up on two guys and pulling it down. Yes. Russell Wilson in that offense. We'll bounce back, but it's about having guys just like the Patriots because mm-hmm. it's a simpler offense that can win 50-50 balls. That's, right. that's, what D, that's, what, that's what we were hoping out of Jimmy Graham and didn't get. Doug Baldwin was able to do it even though he was short in stature. Right. But with Lockett and D.K. Metcalf, I've been very impressed with D.K. Metcalf's ability to body up defensive backs. It's been impressive. Big target, big receiver, big strong kid. You love to have bigger and stronger and still have some speed. You're right on the 50-50 balls. He's had at least 60 yards in each of the first three games. It's been impressive because sometimes when as a young receiver, you don't understand where is it going to be the opening in the zones. Where am I going to find my fit right. in the we offense? We expected him to be slow with that. We, we thought his learning was going yeah. to be slow. He's come out and played very well for this football team. Early and, on. and I also think that he was a guy, let's not forget, I mean, there were people that were saying, I wouldn't draft D.K. Metcalf. That's right. He'll never make it in the NFL, is what they were saying. Because they were saying, oh, he's maybe, maybe a little stiff, a little hips, can't move, can't get in and out of the routes. Well, you're wrong. So far, you've been yes. wrong. Uh, who else do you got? You want more for me? I got. I have two more. I'm, okay. I think Josh Jacobs, we know what sure. he is. I mean, he's yeah. a talented guy. I think I'm, I'll, I'll add a guy, um, Alexander Mattson. Madison, this backup Madison. for Dalvin Cook yes. is special he looking, can, too. He's getting a bunch of carries. He's made able to carry the ball, maybe eight to ten carries per yes. game, but he's explosive. He's averaging you know over four or five yards a carry. He continues to get it done. The Vikings want to run the football. He's going to catch it out of the backfield. He's going to get a bunch of carries this season, especially when Dalvin, as the season goes on, wears down just a bit. He's going to get some opportunities. I've been impressed with his play. My number one guy that I think, other than me, Cole Hardman, who I think has been phenomenal, but my number one rookie that I go, this guy could be a season changer. I know who you're going to say. Who? Debo Samuel. Wrong. I do love Debo. Okay. Pick number 96, tight end out of Ole Miss. Not talking about DK Metcalf, not talking about A.J. Brown, Dawson Knox. Everybody right now is loving this stiff arm, this double stiff arm that he had against the Bengals. Mm-hmm. He, this is his first week playing back. I'm not even as excited about that play. There was a play in the first half, I think it was a third down, Mm -hmm. where they ran Dawson Knox on a jet sweep, and he picked up the first down. Tight end? Tight end. Really? That that never happens with tight ends. Exactly. My reasoning, I said before the year that I expected the Bills to be fighting for a wild card spot. But my issue, why I didn't have them in, is I didn't know who were the big playmakers, the 50-50 guys. That's right. John Brown is a great wide receiver, but Small. we've seen in all of his other teams, yeah. not a great 50-50 guy. Nope. Cole Beasley, they didn't really have that guy. Dawson Knox, it, could Dawson Knox be Josh Allen's Gronk? 
Okay. It's Brian Dayball comes from the Patriot system was the OC down there in Alabama. If you're running jet sweeps and he's stiff arming the crap out of other guys, could he be the difference maker for Josh Allen when he gets into a pinch? Because my question was, can you win if your best athlete is your quarterback? This isn't high school. Okay. This isn't a let, this isn't seven on seven. Could Dawson Knox be the guy that gives that extra punch for the Buffalo Bills when they need it most? They got it on Sunday. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm riding that creek right now with you, Dawson. You know what every quarterback loves? More than anything, more than protection. Of course, they want the protection. More than a running game. They want a security blanket. A guy that they can throw the ball to and know if I just get it around him, yes. he, he'll go get it. If I just put it in his area, I'm not concerned with it. Right. That's what Josh Allen has in that. I mean, I mean, it, 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 that's exactly what it is. You you need that security blanket. So many, so we talk about Mahomes yes. and Kelsey. That's his security blanket. My other question is: If you had AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, mm-hmm. and this kid on the same college team, the be, fuck are be, you doing? It'd be hard to lose. They did. Yeah, of course. It's like when I see that picture of the Georgia Bulldogs, mm-hmm. and it's Sony Michelle, Todd Gurley, and Nick Chubb. Yeah, and you went to the Belk Bowl. Yeah. Well, it means only one ball. You can't. They all play the same position. You can't. Play I don't them all care. Again. All right. So, you know what? We saved it for the show. It's the end of the show. We're about an hour and twenty in. So let's, let's wrap up. But I only want. I only want to give them a little bit of time. They do not deserve a lot of our time. Okay. Your Eagles confidence meter. We saved them for the end because that's where they deserve. Yeah. You were what last? I was four point five last week, and I was five point one. Yeah. Um, I I I cannot give them a negative number. But I'm at .5. <laughs> I don't want to give them a negative number because I think, you know, you, they're dealing with a bunch of injuries. They're dealing with situations where your Carson is throwing the ball to a bunch of guys that he doesn't even know. Uh, you know, young guys, Arcego, Arcego, Whiteside, I mean, he can't catch the ball. Guys are making drops. So I'm not going to give them a negative number, but point, point .5, that's it. I'm just disappointed. I'm not seeing any creativity with the offensive play calls. I'm not seeing a great push and blocking from the offensive line. Defensively, I'm I'm afraid that no one in that secondary can cover. I'm defensively, my Fletcher Cox, my defensive player of the year, who I think could be, I, I'm, he's still injured, and he's and he lost his two running mates. He's Malik Jackson. He and lost Jernigan. They, they're not getting the pressure off the edges. Zero sacks. Every time the they every time they blitz, they get beat deep. They were the only home team at 1 o'clock on Sunday to be losing at halftime. You're losing at halftime to the Detroit Lions? Oh, sneakily, are pretty good. They're not pretty good. They're decent. You shouldn't be losing to them at home, especially if you have a franchise guy. We talk about the difference makers at quarterback position. If Carson Wentz is that difference maker that everyone is telling me about, and I'm not, he didn't have a bad game. Seven drops. He had seven Dallas drops. Goddard, he, did, he, didn't have a, he did not have a terrible game. However... I want I want him to make a difference. I want him to figure out a way to win it. That's what I want. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like if I put Patrick Mahomes in the game, he has two minutes left and he has the ball, he'll just figure it out. I want to feel that way about Carson Wentz. And again, it's not all his fault. And anything else you want to get off your chest about this team? Because I know you're probably upset about no, it. No, that, that's it. I'm just – okay. again, they don't deserve a lot of our time. Before I give my confidence, okay. I want to tell you how I believe the next um, – one, two, three, four, five, six weeks are going to go before it's, the bye. That's a tough stretch. I okay. Think. They play Green Bay on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. I think it's a loss. They go to one and three. I agree. They play the Jets. Sam Darnold might be back that week. That's a win. It's a win. It's two and three. 
I think they then lose at Minnesota. Yeah. They lose at Dallas. Mm-hmm. I think they lose at Buffalo. And I think that they beat Chicago, which means they go into the bye at three and six. Mm. Okay. My confidence meter, last week I was a 5.1 for the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. Is a 6.9. <laughs> that makes no sense. I'm going to start by saying that. that makes no sense. And that's why it makes so much sense. Because what they're going to do after that mm-hmm. is exactly what they do every year. You've told me now for three straight weeks, the Eagles like to be an underdog. Yeah. We've said constantly that the Eagles like to play from behind. Mm-hmm. That's what they're about to do. Because after the bye, they're going to beat the Patriots at home. They're going to beat the Seahawks. They're going to go to Miami and win, and now we're 6-6. Six and six. They're going to rattle off eight straight wins and go 10-6. and six. And you know why I'm so confident? Nope. Because of what happened at the end of that game. They were down and getting obliterated. And then the defense turned it on, and Malcolm Jenkins blocked a field goal. Yeah. Proof mm-hmm. that the magic still exists. That's a magic shit that doesn't happen a lot. And it went down there and they had some drops and Carson Wentz wasn't able to get it done. Yeah. I believe that the Eagles are setting up again. The problem is this year, if you finish 10 and 6 and let's say maybe they lose that game to the Patriots or they lose that game to the Bears and they finish 9 and 7, that's not getting you the playoffs this year. Nope. Because when you look around the NFC... Seattle is two and one. The Rams are three and zero. Oh, the Niners are three and zero. Oh, the Saints are two and one. Minnesota's two and one. Detroit's two zero oh and one. Green Bay's three and zero, oh, and Dallas is three and zero. Oh. It, it's the NFC is too loaded this year. But I believe that we're going to see the Eagles go about three and six, and then have a huge run. But this is what the Eagles did last year. They were four and six, I think, in the beginning of the year, and they kept losing games. The Eagles play better from behind. And to have that many drops, to have those kind of turnovers, Miles Sanders' head turns backwards. I'm going 6'9", because I'm feeling sexual. I'll, I'll tell you this. Nice. The concern is... If you, I know if, I'm being crazy. If you go to a point where you lose four or five in a row, those injuries start to pile up. And then guys start to say, well, is it worth me coming back? Second oldest roster in the NFL. Yeah. That concerns me. Yeah. That concerns me. A bunch of injuries already two, three weeks into the, the, the season. It's hard for guys to come back and stay healthy. That's a big concern. Yeah. I, I, I candidly really don't have a lot of confidence in this team. Uh, at the same point, they play better when their back's against the wall. That's true. And Doug Peterson calls a better game Absolutely. when his back's against the wall. He has to get into the groove, too. I, I, I'm baffled by this football team. You talk about a bunch of talent, Super Bowl aspirations. We have not. We've seen a team come out that plays with no excitement. I did and the math. That's a problem. I did the math last night. Heading into halftime, the Eagles are going in minus twenty-seven on the season thus far. Mm-hmm. That is the fourth worst in the NFL, tied with Arizona. The only people that are worse heading into halftime: Miami, yep, the Giants, and Atlanta. Slow starts. Slow starts, and that hasn't gotten better all season long, really. You talk about a team that has, in the, prior to this game, uh, scoring in the first quarter, 12 out of the last 18 games, they have not scored in the first oh. quarter. Uh, those are slow starts. Yeah. What happens when the team comes back at them? The, the uh, Lions didn't give up. They kept on coming back. But early on, early on guess, I'd say this game against Green Bay on Thursday. Uh, I remember playing Green Bay uh-huh. on a Thursday like yeah. three or four years ago, and they lost by about like 28. Yeah. 
gets ugly. I could see the same thing happening. I could see it happening. Yeah. That Green would Bay's, actually be my prediction. Green Bay's defense looks good. I tell you what, that that secondary for the Eagles has to figure it out in a short period of time. Yeah. Because you know that Aaron Rodgers. All right, so let's football. let's get out of here. Uh, you're going to give me a dollar because you lost. Uh, I'll find the video and you'll pay yeah, me. Yeah. Find Very me excited for that. All right, Brian Westbrook, <laughs> you're the fucking man. Nick Ingber, uh, you guys are the shit. Movie trailers were fucking great, Ingber. I love you. Uh, for Oh, the fans are asking. I'm going to go for Brian Westbrook, and then you need to kind of have a catchphrase. Yeah. So do you want to try one out, and then we'll just, like, workshop it? <sighs> All right, so, so because I go, I'm the L-E-F-K-O-E man. Um, so for, I, for I, Brian Westbrook. I kind of feel like you probably should tell me before we get to this point. Like, hey. That was a long one. Yeah. I don't know if I sh- you should have told me before it gets to this point. Is oh, what, what about? Oh, I got one. Go ahead. Okay, okay, okay. For Brian Westbrook. The Rocket Man. Did you like that? No, you didn't hate that one? Okay. I'll work on it. I got some I got some time. You didn't just come up with this, Ellie. I mean, all this I crazy. Ellie, you, didn't, you didn't come man. up with that by yourself. We'll holler at you guys later, man. Peace. Yeah.